Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, guys, and welcome to the Big Ten Powerhouse Podcast. Uh, my name is Thomas Bendit. I'm the uh, manager over at BTP, and I'll be the host here today, uh, just as I was last time, and we'll continue being. <laughs> um, so today's podcast is going to be completely dedicated to the NBA draft. Um, the, the draft was on Thursday night. Um, there were a total of seven Big Ten players selected. Um, is considered one of the best and deepest drafts in at least recent memory. Um, and I, yeah, we're going to, we're going to discuss kind of what went on. Um, I believe our other manager is on here, Brian. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess, uh, five, five first round picks for the big 10, seven total picks. Um, I guess just touching on a few of the general storylines, uh, what did you think about what happened at top at the top with uh, Wiggins and uh, Parker and those guys? There wasn't too too much of a surprise with the whole injuries. I wasn't really surprised with Wiggins. I actually missed the first couple of picks because I was out running, but with the injuries, <laughs> pretty much figured Wiggins would fly back to first. You know, I did something yeah. funny. I think like it was y- yesterday when uh, Cleveland announced him. They called him Mitchell Wiggins or whatever in the press conference. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. They, uh, yeah, it seemed like coming in, it was pretty clear that those were the three best guys in the draft, and then the uh, the whole Embiid injury thing um, kind of put a a mix on things. But yeah, I, I think the three best guys went at the top. Um, I mean, who knows if they'll end up being the three best, but I definitely think they were the best prospects. Um, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see how they do on uh, relatively bad teams. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, seven Big Ten players. Um, first one was Nick Stauskas to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, what do you think about that pick? Too high, too low? Well, that again? Uh, what did you think about the Stauskas pick? Um, did you think it was too high, too low, about right? It, it was a little higher than I thought it, he would have went, but, I mean, it wasn't a horrible pick. Like, I don't have any issue with him being drafted where he got drafted. Like, there's potential there. He could not play up to that being being a lottery pick, but at the same time, I mean, based on what he did at Michigan, I have no problem with the Kings picking him where they did. Yeah, yeah. My thought is, I um, people, people, a lot of people are talking about Stauskas. You know, he could develop into um, some maybe at the the top top of his you know potential is like a Seth Curry. Um, obviously, that's you know if he hits everything right. But um, I I actually think he's one of the safer picks. Um, I'm a little biased. Obviously, I went to Michigan, but uh, I the thing about him though, I mean, if you watched him, it's just 
he he's such an elite shooter that I just I can't see how at least that doesn't translate to the NBA. Um, so I think at minimum you have you know your shooter off the bench and all the rest. I mean, obviously he'll have to do more than that to live up to a lottery uh, pick. But um, yeah, I I thought that was a that was a little higher than I expected. But um, hey, I mean, I, if you if you wanted a shooter, uh, you know, a guy who can play off the wing, he definitely is a uh, is the guy I think you wanted in this draft. But um, yeah, next. The next pick was uh, Noah Vonley out of Indiana at number nine to Charlotte. Um, what did you think about that pick? A little further than I think some people thought he was going to go, but he's kind of a guy you're just kind of picking him based on what he could be. He hasn't really gotten there yet, so he's like a developmental guy. So, I mean, I'm not horribly surprised he slid a couple of picks to the ninth, and then you go to Charlotte with a uh, yeah, Cody yeah, Keller. he went to the, the, yeah. the Hornets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a... I believe they have two, actually, on their team. Uh, and now with Vonley, I think they have three. Uh, I can't remember who the other guy, but yeah, Cody Zeller's definitely there. Um, I thought... um, I was actually pretty high on Vonley. I thought he went too low. I definitely thought he was a top-five pick. Um, just, I, I mean, like you said, I definitely agree. It's all on potential. But um, man, I just I just think he has such great raw skills and you know his length and his defensive ability. I just I think when he gets to play a more natural position, like power forward, um, he always played at like well he didn't always, but most of the time he played center at Indiana, and I think um, moving is gonna really benefit his game. Um, but yeah, yeah, he went uh, nine to Charlotte, and the third player taken. Adrian Payne out of Michigan State went to Atlanta. Uh, any thoughts on that pick? He slid a little bit, but I mean, I had nothing wrong with it either. The biggest surprise with him is that uh, I think a lot of people had him going after Harris and he ended up getting picked up first for him, so probably the biggest yeah. surprise with Payne going where he went. Yeah, I mean, jumping to Harris too, he went uh, 19 to Chicago, obviously both Michigan State guys. Um, yeah, I definitely think and thought that Harris was a better prospect than Payne. Um, now, nothing against Payne. I just I think Harris is just, I mean, I don't know. I think he was a great player last year, um, really good as a freshman too. But um, I, I definitely think he has a, such a high ceiling if he can develop right. But, um, yeah, I was, I mean, I'm not, extremely familiar with Atlanta's roster, um, but I feel I definitely know they have some competent big men there with uh, Al Horford, and I think they still have Millsap. But, um, yeah, that, that's, he seems like a very interesting choice to go there, um, considering that he's probably going to play at the four in the NBA. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's really big. He can shoot. He can defend. Um, really diverse player. I mean, I'm not sure how much better he's going to get, per se, but I definitely think he, he'll he be at least a big boost off the bench for them. Um, yeah, and I, I think I think Harris um, going... Oh, oh, geez. Now I look like an idiot. Um, yeah, he didn't go to the Bulls. He went to Denver. They traded him. <laughs> totally forgot about that while I'm looking at my list. Um, yeah, they... Uh, 
it'll be an interesting spot. Um, yeah, uh, I guess moving down since we uh, touched on both of those guys, which I think was arguably the best match of the draft was Mitch McGarry to the Thunder. Um, what do you think about that pick? I really did not like it because uh, if you watch the last few seasons, Oklahoma City, it's they do really, really good throughout the season. They get to the playoffs, and then they find a way just not to win it. <laughs> and I feel like they need someone that can just get them over the hump. And they can team yeah. Durant and Westbrook, especially when they got cheap on Harden. And you look and mm-hmm. it's like, well, what does McGarry bring from, say, like this upcoming season? Because you got Ibaka who's going to pretty much take the five or four and put them either way. And they still have Nick Collison, so you're looking at McGarry. And, I mean, for at least this season, he's probably going to be a backup, so he doesn't really do anything. And I think a lot of people thought that Oklahoma City was going to try to find someone who could score, someone who could help them now. And McGarry's more of a, you could help them in the future. So, I mean, this is kind of a weird take for them. Yeah, I mean, I um, I was kind of adamant about this whole pre-draft, but um, that I definitely thought that, like, taking McGarry in the first round really didn't make that much sense just because there were so many question marks Um so just it's a big risk, and to me, like, you, you know, with a McGarry who I think he definitely can be an NBA player, a quality guy, but, I mean, he obviously doesn't have the upside of a guy like Embiid or something, you know, and to use a first-round pick is definitely, um, it's a risk because it's an asset and you're risking it. Um, but I don't know. I just, I feel like Oklahoma City, you know, they're set – with their guards and their wings. I I don't think they need much help back there. But, um, I mean, even if McGarry can, you know, give them five, ten minutes a game and be productive, like maybe that is the extra little bit they needed. Because, I mean, one game it seems, you know, I mean, Kendrick Perkins was just, you kind of wonder why they play him sometimes. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they have Steven Adams on there too. They have a couple guys who maybe could develop. Um, McGarry will be joining them. It'll be – I mean, he definitely landed on probably the best team out of any Big Ten prospect, uh, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I definitely – I kind of agree. I'm not sure he'll be the in, big initial boost that maybe if they had gotten a shooter or something like that um, could have provided. Um, well, didn't they also draft uh, that one guy from Stanford who was more of like a uh, defensive player as well? I forget. Yeah, name yeah. They had, my head. They had what? Um, they had like two picks. Yeah, they at twenty nine. They picked them. So uh, that was kind of. It's. Always, I always think it's kind of funny when the teams pick. You know, like a couple picks away. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, maybe he'll. Uh, he'll be a boost for them too. But yeah, obviously a loaded team with Durant and Westbrook and those guys. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, that was the. Uh, what? They just need to find a way to take what they do in the regular season and keep it up in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I mean, every year it's one of the best, not the best, (laughs) the second best team or so, and then playoffs, it's just they find a way to lose. Yeah. Well, um, that wraps up the first round picks here. Um, 
with Stauskas, Vonley, Payne, Harris, and McGarry. Um, a lot of people thought the Big Ten could get six first-round picks. Um, I did an article, I want to say a few weeks ago, but um, it was about um, this potentially being the best draft um, the Big Ten's had in a long time. And um, though they didn't get the, the sixth guy into the first round, it still was stacked. I mean, you had five guys go above 21. Um, any thoughts on that? Or I'm pretty sure uh, five guys in the first round was the most since 1990, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah it was still, I mean, it was just crazy. I know, um, I believe, I don't want to quote it, I think six is the most they've ever had, but I don't, I don't have any back... Um, information to back that up right now. I'll have to look it up later. But um, yeah, it. I mean, it was easily the best draft since the 2000s, especially when you just count the first round. Which in the NBA, that's that's where the you know the money picks are. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll uh, we'll move to the second round. Two guys taken from the Big Ten in the second round. The first one was Glenn Robinson III from Michigan. He went to. Uh, the Timberwolves at 40 overall. Um, any thoughts on that pick? I mean, I'm not surprised he went in the <laughs> second round. I think some people thought he could have went in the first. He's just, he was really at times up and down. He has the potential and the skill to be a good player. But, I mean, his production just seemed to be a little bit too over the place for him to warrant a first-round pick. And, I mean, not a bad decision or for uh, Minnesota to draft him, especially because it's the second round, so if he doesn't take off, they can easily just put him in the D-League and get him some experience and try to develop him there, too, as well. Yeah, I, um, he is def out of all the picks in this uh, draft, he is definitely the one I was off the most on. Um, I thought he was going to go in the first round. Um, apparently a couple teams, I think Oklahoma City um, almost took him at 29, which would have been interesting to see two Michigan guys go to the same team in the same draft. But um yeah, he uh he definitely slid some and I think I think you're right about that. I definitely think it was due to the the mixed production, up and down play. Um like I I tell a lot of people this, you know, the, the advanced numbers, the overall numbers say he was Michigan's second best player uh of this last season, but um, I really think he was the third. I think Karis LeVert was the second best. And um, I just think when you're talking – I mean, Michigan was a good team, obviously, but being the third best guy on a team is probably not the best sign for the NBA draft. Um, and I definitely think, you know, not taking over games and with whatever that means, but uh, just not having those explosive performances that, you know, really turn the eyes. But, um, yeah, I mean, he went 40 – I definitely think he'll be on an NBA team. Um, obviously, the contracts aren't guaranteed in the second round, but even if Minnesota doesn't keep him, which I highly suspect they will, um, I think he'll definitely make a roster. Um, any thoughts on that? Or oh, what right. was that again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, any thoughts on that? On... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, his, uh, he'll be on a roster. I mean... I think the biggest question with him is, is he going to be on the back end of the rotation or is he going to spend a good chunk of this year in the D-League? At the same time, I mean, 
the D League isn't the worst thing because it's almost better to be playing there instead of just, you know, much of a did not play coach's decision on the active roster. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think he'll be somewhere in Minnesota's organization this year. And he'll yeah. play in the NBA at some point. It's just, will it be all year or will it be just kind of here and there as he kind of works in developing? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. Um, you know, he, I'm not totally sure how he's going to develop. Um, I feel like I have a better idea on the other guys, but he's just, I mean, if he, if he develops right, I mean, you're talking about, he could be a, an incredible player. I mean, just with his raw ability, but he, obviously he hasn't done it yet. So we'll have to wait and see on him. Um, yeah, and right right before the draft ended, um, if you're still up and watching, uh I was I was a little uh um I wouldn't say concerned, but I, I started thinking, you know, maybe the Big Ten was only gonna have six guys and then uh at fifty six, um, Orlando uh came in and picked uh Roy Devin Marble from Iowa, which was a uh which was nice to see. Um we had heard um I remember Ryan on our podcast last time was talking about how he definitely thought Marvel will be drafted. Um, I agreed, and he, he did. Um, any thoughts on Marvel to Orlando? I'm not surprised. I mean, if he went, it was going to probably be late in the second round. He'll have a chance to definitely make the team. I know uh, another big thing, guys, might be there because he's technically a free agent, but uh, Etan, or Etan Moore, I mean, Marvel can score kind of like Moore could score. I mean, there's definitely a spot for him on the bench and possibly cracking the rotation if he can just, if he plays well when at Orlando. I mean, but yeah, a bad I mean, pickup, when, it's, when it's that late in the draft, you're either going for a guy who could make the team or you're going to probably go overseas and try to pick someone up internationally that's just going to be a developmental player. So, I mean, it wasn't a horrible yeah. pick and I had no problem with it. Yeah, I agree. I think he, um, I mean, his, when you get down to pass, like, pick 50, I mean, it, you're almost, I mean, it's great to be drafted. Everyone knows it is, but, um, you're, you know, it's going to come down to the summer league. He's got to perform they, uh, to make the team. And, I mean, who knows whether he'll be in the D League or on the bench or even with the team, but uh, it was definitely nice to see him get drafted, um, the seventh guy. Uh so, yeah, I mean, we already talked about how this is probably I, – I I definitely think it's the best draft of the 2000s, without a doubt, which says a lot about the conference and the conference's strength uh, recently. Um, but moving on to some of the guys that did not get drafted, um, I'm trying to think of all of them. Keith Appling obviously didn't. Um, Aaron Kraft, uh, LaQuentin Ross, uh, Will Sheehy, Jordan Morgan, who – Apparently, some thought was going to get drafted, but uh, um, Drew Crawford, um, Tim Prozier, um there, there was a there was a handful of them. Um, a few of them have signed. Um, I'm not going to pull up the list right now, but or you know to be on the summer league teams. Um, who do you think has the best chance of making a team out of the the group that didn't get drafted? Probably Ross, because I mean you might not have been a First rounder when he declared, but he looked like he probably could have went in the second round. And then it was just uh, in the process up to the draft. He was out of shape. He had, like, the highest body fat percentage and just kind of slid off the board. And 
if there's someone who has the skill set to make the team towards the bottom of the roster or maybe lining up in the D League and then getting called up to an NBA team this year, I definitely think it would probably be Ross out of the seven guys who've signed so far for the summer league. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um I I definitely think it's the Ohio State guys and I count both. I definitely think one of those two. Um I think those are the, the most likely to actually make a roster um this year. I don't um Northwestern and Michigan fans probably aren't gonna like to hear it, but I just I don't see Crawford or Morgan making a roster. I just you know, maybe that maybe they, you know, can do something but I just I, I just don't see it. Um I'm trying to think. Appling Appling has a decent shot. Fazier has a decent shot, but it's just you got they're gonna have to show up in the summer league, obviously. I think I think by far the one who could turn out to be the best is uh LeQuentin Ross, like you said. Um I don't think he's the best out of them right now, which may be the it you know, it's gonna have to be a team investing in him long term and maybe that's, you know, hey, you're gonna go to Europe for a few years and if we like you we'll bring you back. But um yeah, I definitely think he he's the guy long term that probably has the the best chance to actually make an impact in the NBA. Um yeah. I guess that uh that wraps up mainly the, the free agent guys. <laughs> but um yeah. I guess I guess to comment on um Few of the a few of the Big Ten teams had multiple picks. Um, Michigan State had two. Michigan had three. Um, what do you th- What do you think about uh, going forward? Who do you think has the most NBA draft potential in the Big Ten as a team? Well, which team from? What was the question? We'll say 2015 yeah. draft, 2016 draft. Which Big Ten do you, team do you think is going to be the most represented? in the NBA draft. Hmm. Uh, I haven't really even started thinking too, too far ahead. <laughs> I mean, it's a safe bet. You can probably just, I mean, Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana, Ohio State team every year to produce the most guys. I mean, some people think that uh, Wisconsin with uh, Kaminsky and possibly if he gets it all the way together this um, upcoming season, produce A.J. Hammonds, but... And that's a little bit far ahead because, I mean, heading into this past season, I don't, I don't think anyone thought Staskis was going to be the first yeah. thing off the board for the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I definitely, if I if I was going to have to, uh, you know, pick two right now for the next two or three years, I think um, I, I think Michigan, um, I don't know if you saw the SB Nation had their 2015 mock draft already up, and uh, Levert was top ten, which... I'm not sure if he'll end up top ten or not, but um, I definitely think he's a first round candidate for sure. Well, it's, and uh, um, it was, well, with everyone gone too, I mean, he has a chance to be the guy, and if he's the guy in Michigan, and oh, Michigan yeah. still plays as good as they've been, he'll definitely go up there. Yeah, I definitely think people are going to pay a lot more attention to him this year without you know Stauskas, McGarry, GR three all there. Um, and then I mean they have you know guys like Zach Irvin and. Cameron Chapman, who are both at least long-term, you know, the next couple of years candidates. Um, outside of Michigan, I think uh, I think Ohio State, they're just going to have so much with all those recruits coming in. Um, yeah. I just – Yeah, I, <laughs> I just – they're yeah, going to be so loaded. With, uh, 
Yeah, yeah. And then, um, like, I was thinking even what? Well, even when they don't, no, it, like they have all that top talent recruiting, and then they got all the transfers too. Because I know yeah, Purdue lost they, a couple of really good transfers of them. Yeah, they definitely have enough. Um, they have enough raw talent where you're you're expecting some guys to get picked. Um, outside of them, I mean, Wisconsin has their guys now. I'm. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I definitely think Decker and Kaminsky are big candidates. You know, maybe Nigel Hayes can move up or something like that this year. But they, uh, yeah, I, th- I think those are the big ones. Um, Michigan State has definitely produced, but um, I don't know. I, I don't see any, I mean, people are talking about, you know, Dawson getting drafted, and I definitely think he he's a candidate. It's just I don't see any of that, you know, lottery potential right now. Maybe maybe it's, that changes, you know, but I don't know. I definitely think Michigan, Ohio State, and then Wisconsin are your your ones for the future to keep an eye on. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a fair look at the future. <laughs> um, yeah, so what do you um, – oh, sorry. <laughs> Just got a – bumped by somebody. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess uh, looking ahead to the summer league, um, how do you how do you expect the guys to perform? I guess this summer. Um, I haven't really watched too too much of the summer league. I think a number of these guys that picked up teams. I mean, they could play decent in the summer league, but like uh, Sheehy and whatnot, and even maybe Aaron Kraft. I don't really see them doing too much in the NBA going further. I think Ross could actually uh, bump, in stock or bump his stock up a bit. I mean, uh, Keith Appling, if he wants to make it, I mean, there's potential for him to do some things in the deep league. And then uh, I'm interested in maybe if uh, we'll see a few more guys get picked up, like Austin Hollins or something, and they'll wind up in the summer mm-hmm. league, I mean. But, yeah. Yeah, I think um, the summer league is always interesting because it always seems like some of the better prospects will struggle. and it, it, It's just, I, I think it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, depends on who you are. I just, I like it because um, you get to see all the younger guys play and, you know, you, you don't see their weaknesses as exposed as badly because they're not playing against, you know, LeBron or Durant or something like that. Um, so you get, I think you get a much better look at how good they are because they're, they're playing with some people who have played in the NBA already, but they're not overloaded with the best guys. Uh, yeah, because I remember, uh, like, Trey Burke, he kind of struggled in the summer league last year, and I remember everyone was really concerned. And uh, obviously he had a pretty good year and made the all-NBA rookie team. Um, but, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how those guys do. Um, yeah, I, I, think, I think by the end of... Uh, the summer, there'll definitely be at least one or two additions outside of the drafted guys. But I guess I guess just more of a a general question towards the NBA. Um, how how well do you think the Big Ten will be represented in the NBA? You know, for the next couple of years, just based off this strong draft performance. I don't know. Based off this year's. Uh... Jeff, I think there's potential. I think a lot of uh, a lot of the players you could 
how this draft class be the best guys might be a few years away. But, I mean, finally could turn in to be a really good guy. I mean, you got Harris, who's a good shooter. Stoskis could either be like a sixth man who plays about 30 minutes or maybe a lot more into the Clay Thompson. McGarry, if his back gets all squared away and he pieces everything together, he could be good. I mean, there's a lot of potential for the guys who came in the NBA in this draft to actually be there for a while and represent the Big Ten really, really well. I mean, at the same time, a number of these guys, if they don't live up to their potential, it could be kind of rough a few years down the line. We'll have to see how it plays out because I think the guys who could be the best are the guys who aren't all the way there yet. Yeah, I agree. Um, I remember we did a, or at least I did, <laughs> the uh, I did a series of articles where I was highlighting, you know, all the NBA players or Big Ten players in the uh, the NBA playoffs, and um, I remember commenting, right, that, you know, yeah, yeah, Greg Oden, he, he was the only guy in the finals, uh, but it was, uh, I remember commenting that, you know, in the next few years, I really think those numbers, just the raw numbers, are going to go up because. I mean, obviously, you got more guys. Um, I mean, being drafted, being drafted high, um, and then along with that, you know, the addition of Maryland, they have some guys in the NBA. <laughs> but um, yeah, it'll be a uh, going forward. I definitely think the Big Ten is going to start to be uh, regarded as one of the power conferences in the NBA. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, this is a Big Ten powerhouse podcast for this week. Um, going forward, I think we're gonna probably do the uh, the one on the uh, that we promised last time on the uh, best Big Ten teams of the last decade. Um, outside of that, uh, we'll see you later. And uh, thanks for coming on, Brian. No problem. All right, <laughs> talk to you later. Bye. Bye.